everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very enlightening conversation with Jennifer Way, don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share this with a couple of your friends. And if you leave a review, take a screenshot, email it to me at info at candywashington.com, and I will send you a free self-care gift as a way to say thank you. And don't forget to join me on Instagram at Candy Washington. Tag yourself listening to the podcast and I will retag you. So let me know what some of your aha moments were and some of your favorite things about the podcast. Don't forget to go down into the show notes where I have my basic girl's guide to self-care, some of my favorite goodies for you guys to peruse and see what resonates with you and just to treat yourself. So with that, let's dive into today's episode, which will be a very enlightening conversation with Jennifer Way. So Jennifer Way is an intuitive consultant, Gigi Den Reiki practitioner, and a certified Akashic Records reader in Jersey City, New Jersey. As a spiritual practice mentor, Jennifer guides clients to shift into better soul alignment through clairaudience, clairvoyance, and clairsentience. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being with us. And as we dive in, just let us know a little bit about yourself, how you got your start. And for those listening, and for me as well, can you explain what Gigi Ben Reiki is? Just in case you don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. So um, hi, Candy. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, it. Thank you for so- joining us. Yeah. Um, so this is, it's, it's Jigadin Reiki. Um, so Jigadin Reiki is a more of an Eastern lineage of uh, Reiki practitioner. So um, Reiki originated in Japan. There was a main teacher. There was a woman that trained with him coming out from Hawaii. Um, and she actually brought Reiki over to the West. So a lot of the Reiki that people are being certified in is very much um, a little bit of an evolved Reiki that came from this original uh, source. So Jigadin Reiki comes from more of a Japanese style. So so this sort of lineage of Reiki kind of stayed in Japan mm-hmm. and it has to do a little bit more with identifying toxins in the body. So, so this is just a process of kind of running your hand over somebody and, and noticing where the toxins are. Um, it's, it's a little more... Uh, I want to say disciplined only because it's very traditional and it, um, it tends to be, uh, you're not really supposed to practice on anyone for at least a year after you've learned it. So, oh wow, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's no joke. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then, and then correct me if I'm wrong and feel free to elaborate, but, uh, Reiki is energy work. Yes. So, so I, I like to call myself, I don't like to call myself a healer. I call myself more a facilitator. So I'm facilitating the healing. I'm, I'm basically putting, it's a hands-on procedure. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) medical. Um, It's basically putting your hands at certain points on the body to help. um, What you're doing really is you're allowing sort of this divine white light, this, this divine life energy force coming from you into the client so once the energy goes into the client the the body of the client knows what to do with this energy this is all within your cellular structure everything sort of um it allows a more sort of imprint uh, sorry blueprint of um what your cell structure and processes are in the body so when you're 
when you're, you're like a conductor. So you're just kind of transmitting that energy into the body. And then the person themselves really takes that energy and is, a, and is able to kind of use it for healing purposes. So, so again, it's really more I'm facilitating healing for people. Got it. Okay. So I'll, yeah. I'll break that down and let me know if I got this correct. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so as a Reiki practitioner, uh, facilitator, you use your own energy to then identify where on your client's body might need healing or might need adjusting or might need alignment. You then send that energy to that particular point in your client's body. And yes. then your client's body energy knows what to do with what you gave it. And then they're able to self-heal using that energy. So you're not exactly. the healer. You are the, the medium or, or the conduit from which the energy is received in order to heal. Yes. Can I, can I just go back and say everything you just said yeah. <laughs> <it> so well? <laughs> no, yes, yes, yes. No, I, yeah. that's, what I, that's what I like to do. I like to get the information, get the data, yeah. understand it, and then um, just give it back in a way that everyone listening can just like digest. So it's perfect. Little, it was perfect. Get a little sugar pill in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think for, for people who are sensitive to energy and energy movement or people who are empathic, um, they can feel things happening. But for people who maybe aren't as sensitive, when they do have a Reiki session, it's just, they'll just feel like a nice relaxation. So that's kind of like the worst <laughs> that will happen in a Reiki session. Um, sometimes people will have like emotional reactions. Sometimes there'll be like little body pulses or jerks kind of happening. Um, because energy is flowing through these sort of meridian spots. It's the same sort of idea as like acupuncture. It's very much mm -hmm. that sort of Eastern medicine tradition, um, just De accessing those meridians. Definitely. And to, um, to piggyback off of that, if you, like, I'm very empathic. Sometimes I like, it, it's, it's a little scary sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but from that, so for people who, like, I love how you say like empathic intuition and psychic ability is the birthright of every human being. Yeah. And you don't have to be special to have those abilities. So for us who may not have tapped into that ability or we feel disconnected from it, what are some ways to connect to our own like intuition and our own empathy if we feel disconnected from it? Absolutely. That's such a great question. So initially... I everyone is an empath. Mm -hmm. Everyone is an empath to a degree. It's, it's literally what we are built to do. Some people have been able to kind of shut it off and turn it off. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's really just the sensitivity. Being an empath is literally feeling or experiencing what people in close proximity to you are feeling or experiencing. So if someone is sort of like around you and they're like, oh my God, this thing happened and it's so crazy. And you were like in a chill mood and then you kind of like go somewhere else and you're like, oh my God, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. You know, it's like, you've literally, you're, you're actually kind of absorbing that. So one of the ways that you can do this is it's, it's a long process. It's identifying and understanding yourself to such a degree. And this is never like the easy sugar pill because, <laughs> no. because this is such a long process. And it's really a matter of kind of peeling back layers of yourself to find out who you truly are, what you truly want, what you truly like, so that you can understand that if you're in a situation with someone in your life, you can see that 
okay, I'm feeling all these feelings when I'm with this person. Mm-hmm. And, and the biggest tool I would recommend to the listeners is finding time to step back and sort of observe. So moving yourself into an observational state where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling these feelings. These feelings are coming up. But where did they come from? Did they come from me? Was this something I was worried about? So it's really just working on developing your awareness about your reaction to things that are happening outside of you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's sort of the first, the first thing that people can do. It's again, it's, it's just building this awareness and being more conscious about what's really happening um, and offering up to yourself the possibility that, okay, this might not be mine. This Mm -hmm. might be someone else's. So, you know, a good way to sort of practice this is go into a place where there's a lot of people, make sure you understand and register your own mood or feeling or emotion before going into this space. And then have your experience in this space, whether it's like walking down the street, um, going food shopping, and then coming back into your other, you know, your coming back home and then recognizing what you may have picked up around there and what feelings may have changed. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's really great um, advice and guidance for people who are very empathic, who pick exactly like you said, they observe other people's feelings. They um, have problems discerning their own vibes or energy from someone else's because it kind of gets muddled. And I think that's a really good way to start separating it. And I also think a good thing for, um, for some people who may not feel empathic, they may not feel connected to their own internal um, intuition. I think a really good uh, tool is meditation and journaling. So it's like, yeah. So when you feel like some people might be listening, they're like, well, I'm not empathic. I don't even know what my own intuition is. How do I know what somebody else's intuition is? Yeah. So I think, you know, really meditating and really making that sacred space to connect to self. So then that way, you know what your guiding system sounds like. Like, you know what you sound like. Like, it's like that little whisper, it's that voice. So, but you have to take that intentional time to get still and to get quiet. And it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but the more, it's like a muscle. The more you practice it, the more stronger it gets and the more you're able to say, oh, this is actually my voice. This is my intuition. This is my feeling. This is my vibe versus somebody else's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's just like connect with like creativity. Because like, you know, you have those people who are like, I'm a science person. I'm uh, I'm not a creative person, but it's exactly like you said, we all have that creativity and that connection. So I think just doing anything creative, you know, art, drawing, walking in nature, journaling, to you know, cooking, even. cooking. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, Oh, cooking is definitely one. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then when you go to someone, you know, like you, you're, you're more in tuned to your own internal compass. So you get Absolutely. more out of the session, session with you. So yes, it's this great lasting massage, but you know that like your energy has shifted. You know you're in alignment because you have that relationship to yourself. This is absolutely a hundred percent. And, you know, one of the things that I want to just, what you were saying about, you know, meditation is, is so important and journaling is, is important as well. What I, I also kind of recommend to my clients um, going off on the journaling thing is if, you know, getting a journal specifically 
mm-hmm. to record your feelings and make that the intention for that journal. Mm, you know, you, you can have sort of like inspiration and things like that. I have like, I have three or four journals. Like I have <laughs> one journal for ideas, one journal for downloads, one journal for, mm-hmm. you know, things I want to offer to people. So it's like, it's really creating that sacred time and space, like you said, like really setting aside that time to meditate. Meditation is really important. Um, one of the things that I learned about meditation uh, that made me feel better, it was like, I can't uh, sit still and like not have any thoughts. Like I'm a Gemini, like I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like ADD. I'm like, there's no way I can turn off my thoughts. So, so another approach to meditation is just kind of finding a place to be still, even if you can't still your brain, you can t- find time to like lay down and listen to like really relaxing music. That's a great first step to kind of go into meditation. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other kinds of meditations that you can listen to. There's a lot of guided meditations out there that people can download. And like you, you had also mentioned discernment. Discernment is the biggest thing. It's the yeah. biggest thing in the world of spirituality and, and the new age movement, of course, because you have to figure out what is true for you. I find Google to be a great tool for that. So you can say, all right, here's an example. What does 1111 mean? That it's 1111, you know, so. so <laughs> make you, a you, wish. Right, I know, make <laughs> a wish. So you, you, you like, you go online and you're like, what does 1111 mean? And I'm like, okay, okay. And then I'll go and I'm like, well, what does 333 mean? And it literally looks like exactly the same explanation. So, so what you can do is use Google to sort of like, or any other uh, internet yeah. search um, is to use your discernment. Like, okay, well, does this meaning what they're explaining? Does that feel right to me? Mm-hmm. Kind of, maybe a little bit. Let me look a little bit more. So you're you're really kind of using that as it's almost like a divination tool, and you can pull and extract information based on the kind of reaction you give it. Like, if you're like, nah, that's bullshit, or you know, if you're like, hmm, that kind of resonates with me, it can be another sort of way to play with that. Definitely. And um, again, just, just to piggyback on like the journaling and tapping into like your own inner intuition. Yeah. Yes. I think Google a hundred percent is a good way to just Google stuff, see what they mean, but um, yeah. you can turn also into like your internal Google, like, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, get, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so serious. Like, I, cause I've, I've done this, I love like it. what comes up has been insane and like truly life-changing. So get, get, get your journal and say you keep seeing 1111, right? Or you keep seeing 333 or you keep getting a word popping to your head or just a, fe- what a, a feeling or maybe you're getting this like good feeling or maybe you're getting a bad feeling or maybe you have anxiety, whatever it is, whatever yeah. the, the thing is, write it down in your journal and just ask yourself, you know, just go, you know, um, I gently ask my inner guide to show me why I'm seeing this. I gently ask my inner guide to show me why I'm feeling this way. I gently ask my inner guide to show me um, why this keeps happening. And then without judgment, without criticism, without editing, allow the answer to flow through you. And then just write, just write what comes to you, right? And then that's with, you know, sort of like the downloads we're talking about and inspired action, you know, tap into yourself because the answer is always in you. Yeah. Answer is always in always, you. always. So become your own internal Google, you know, just yeah. 
ask yourself. I love that. <laughs> why is you showing up yeah. for me? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. No. I'm on the, trust me, I am totally on the Google rabbit hole. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Angel number five, 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 like, trust me. <laughs> But also, absolutely we, we're all guilty of it. i mean yeah. like if you're human you're guilty of going down a google rabbit hole like that's just part of me and reddit are bffs like <laughs> you know i know oh god i mean like you're like exactly what you were saying it's so yeah. perfect the way you're you're putting it i'm like oh i love it it, oh, it makes yeah. me so giddy because another thing that i'm running into and this was one of the other things that i had mentioned to you earlier is like you know what works for one person or no, it's actually no. <laughs> Sorry, let me back that up. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when we when we hear this this advice and this information, sometimes we get a sense that like, oh my God, I'm not enlightened enough. Oh no, mm -hmm. like wait, I don't know what my guides look like. Like this person's describing like uh like you know Athena is coming to them or you know like what I don't even know like who who are my guides. I get a lot of questions like this from people that I work with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to kind of offer to your listeners is, and it's, this is exactly what you were saying. Think of it as your personal guidance system. I actually refer to this as PGS. It's like yeah. GPS. So it's like, this is your personal guidance system. This, this is your, this is the universe. This is your higher self. This is your guides. This is your body. This is all of those things put in to one thing that you don't have to feel because when you like you were saying observe like what thoughts come up without judgment and that's really important and people kind of skip over that because we tend to dismiss things that drop in a lot of times those things aren't coming from us they're coming from our guidance system and that guidance system has a very particular voice and it's got multiple voices so don't feel crazy but it's like that voice is always going to be calming it's always going to be rational and it's always going to feel right Sometimes there's another voice that gets thrown in there and that's usually your, our ego voice and the ego voice you have to kind of have love and appreciation for because your ego literally is there so you can survive. She has made it possible for you to survive this whole time. And as I say, I say this all the time to people, it's like, you have to be able to differentiate between what's your personal guidance system and what's your ego. Mm -hmm. Your ego is a lot of times going to be operating from a place of wounding, but again, from survival. So we can't hate on her, but we can't let her drive the car. I'm like, we can, we can like, we got to pat her on the head. We got to give her a hug and be like, I know it's hard. I know it's hard that you want all these people to like you. <laughs> and we all have this inside of us, but like, that's not what's going to drive the car. Like put her in the back seat, wrap her up in a blanket. But again, a lot of people that we run into, their ego is driving. And, and it's just really important to be able to identify, okay, if this is coming from a wounded place, mm -hmm. it's most likely going to be sort of an ego thing. I'm doing this for soothing. And then you remember like, okay, I'm not going to judge myself for this. I'm going to really kind of investigate where this wound is. And I'm going to go through a process of healing the best that I can, but I have to love myself through all of these things, through all of these processes. And that's, that's the bottom line when it comes to healing. It's there's no race, like no one's gonna be better, like there's no better or worse. There's no, you know, there's only exposing more parts of yourself so that you can shine through, that your whole entire self can shine through because we like to kind of stick stick the pieces of ourselves that we don't like, just like hide them, yeah. hide them in the closet. 
definitely and and you know like ego versus you know um to me like when we talk about like intuition and and that voice to me that's the divinity that lives in us yeah you know, that's that's really what's shining through like i think you know we are divine spirits having this human experience absolutely that guiding intuition is that's the divinity in us that's what is connecting us to you know whatever you want to call it god source universe like whatever language feels best to you but that yeah. that's that connective tissue to that divine spirit and so i think when we're talking about you know like ego versus like our divine guidance a good way to figure out where where the voice is coming from is just to think is this rooted in fear or is this rooted in love mm, and, absolutely and let that be the question like am, am i making this decision because i'm fearful that i will be abandoned i'm fearful that i will be judged i'm fearful that no one will like me i'm fearful that i will fail or is it coming from a place of wow i really love myself and i know that i deserve to have x y and z wow i really absolutely. love myself and i know that even if i do fail or even if they do abandon me whatever these big words are i know that like ultimately i am okay because i'm rooted in self-love yeah and um so i think that's a really good thing and i think a really good trick with that is to to name your ego give her a name you know oh, yeah. call her call her whatever you want to call her you know call her sassy sally sally you know what i mean yeah and sassy sally and talk to her and be like you know thank you for protecting me because it's exactly what you said you know it's coming yeah. from that wounded place where we got those coping mechanisms and strategies that at once provided us some form of safety yeah. is now sabotaging us at this yeah. stage yeah so when i say you know like thank you for protecting me thank you for keeping me safe your job is now done i'm yeah. i will like love like i will take it from here yeah step exactly. into that light and love because again like even like sometimes we think of ego as like this big scary mean thing like oh you're so egotistical but it's yeah. really again it's really just it's all fear-based a fear of being seen fully and also a fear of not being seen at all so it's like let go of that fear base and walk into to love and also honor it and just be like you know thank you you at yeah. some point in my life this was how I protected myself. This was how I stayed safe. So thank you for that. But I got it from here. Your job yeah. is done. <laughs> and I think Absolutely. that's a good way to do it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, um, just like my personal journey, like I was very, very codependent, you know, and I just, it, and that was just what I developed. You know, it was nobody's fault. A lot of people have it. I grew up with a single mom. So I had a very codependent personality. And growing up, being codependent was what kept me, like, no, there was no abuse or anything like that, like, or nothing, nothing like that at all. It's actually a very yeah. lovely childhood. But still, you, I was, I learned that my value was based in performance, what I could do, show, provide, mm. give. Yeah. I was getting my value and worth from outside of me. If everything was externally based. If I was the yeah. best daughter, if I was the best sister, if I was the best student, if I was the best friend, if I did everything for everyone else, then I was earning and proving my value and worth. Yeah. And so I had to work on shifting that to intrinsic value, which is I am here, therefore I am valuable, worthy, and deserving. I don't have to do, show, or prove anything. So again, it's like talking to it, but, you know, thank you, codependency. Like at some point in my life, you protected me and you kept me safe, but I got it from here. 
Yeah. And if you're just really talking to it and honoring it. And I think sometimes with like meditation, people are afraid of their own thoughts. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel hurt. You know, they're running from those big, scary feelings that they think they're going to feel when they have to face themselves. Yeah. And, and the resistance to that, exactly. like, the resistance creates more of it. And when you actually... <laughs> when you actually face exactly all of those things that you said, like, you know, those deep, dark, like low vibrational emotions, mm -hmm. it's just because we haven't processed them and it has to process through your body. And then the more you're like, no, oh, I don't want to, it's going to hurt. And, and it's like, you've, you're all like squished up, you know, cause you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. I want to think about it because it, it can be terrifying for so many people. And there's some real trauma that people experience that mm -hmm. when it comes out, it's, it's a little difficult, like, because I mean, and that's the thing with spiritual work. It's like, it's got to intersect with, it's got to intersect with psychology, like moving forward. Like we have to, especially as like anyone who's a spiritual practitioner, but there has to be consideration of the psychological impacts of a lot of this kind of work. Um, I don't think there's a, I, I feel like that's, it's starting to kind of integrate more. There's more people sort of starting to integrate that. I also feel like there's a lot of people in the medical field who are starting to to really be open to this kind of like energetic work and like really yeah. looking at these parts of themselves. But it's, you know, and another thing I want to say, it's like, it's, I love that philosophy that, you know, what you're growing through, it's, it's huge. It's, it takes so much yeah. bravery to be honest with yourself. Um, and, and there's always more layers, which kind of sucks, but it's like you, you go through and you're like, oh, that's what that was about. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm really insecure in that area and I just want everyone to like me. And, you know, you can register those feelings of like feeling embarrassed, you know, like buy it, Ugh, like cringe, as my kids would say, like it's, there's a lot of cringe moments when you do this kind of shadow work, but then it's like, but like, I loved that part of me. I still love that part of me who really wanted to impress people mm -hmm. so I have to like integrate her into my being and I, I also really love the way you put um just like our connection to the divine we are divine like 100%. it's inside you all <laughs> it's yeah. just like the, don't you don't need to look outside I mean everything is is there it's just about finding that place of stillness exactly and, and our divinity is what connects us all in our humanity because yeah. if you look across all cultures, races, ages, you know, whatever any outside stuff is at our core, we all share an extremely common human experience and an extremely common humanity that connects all of us. You know, at our core, we all really just want love, acceptance, to be seen, to be heard, to be validated, to be understood, to be loved, to have connection, to have community, you know, they yeah. may express those things in different ways, but at our core, each and every human being yearns for those same things because we essentially, it's our divinity yearning to be connected to other divinity and then ultimately back to the great source, the great divinity. Absolutely. I like to say that life is an existence is just a process of meeting oneself. A hundred percent. It's over and over and over it's through, through, yeah, yeah like peeling back your own layers, mm -hmm. doing it that way. And also recognizing the reflections that you're getting in all of your relationships, what's being mirrored back to you. 
A hundred percent. Do you um, ever listen to um, Neville Goddard at all? No, like but this- I feel like I just saw that name. <laughs> so- you probably did, but he has this philosophy where everyone is you pushed out. Yeah. Everyone is you pushed out. So it's basically like, um, like the theory of like projection, right? So like, say for example, I'll make this up. Um, uh, okay. Say, say you're in a, like a romantic relationship and you are like, I know my boyfriend is, is, you know, only using me for my money or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and you think that that because at some level you think my only value is what I can give to this person yeah so it's almost like a self-fulfilling process uh a self-fulfilling prophecy where if you believe that's your only value if you believe that's your only point of attraction that is what will manifest and that is what that person will show you yes exactly are projecting yourself onto other people and onto other experiences so everyone is just you pushed out which is why you, the relationship you have with yourself is yeah. the foundation for every relationship you have in your life absolutely so working on yourself and really a taking and I think a big reason why people are so resistant and hesitant to really you know work on themselves do the spiritual work do the inner work is because they think that there's some type of blame or shame Mm. like if I take accountability for my life and myself and what is manifesting is what is showing up somehow it's my fault somehow I'm blamed for it so it's easier to look outward than look inward but the truth is this work isn't about blaming ourselves yeah not about faulting ourselves not about shaming ourselves it's about empowering ourselves like if i if there is something in me that i am projecting out that is creating an experience that i don't want to have that means i have the power to change it so it's really about empowering yourself not blaming yourself so i think when absolutely that mindset shift people would definitely be more open to to doing the work on themselves because accountability brings empowerment. Absolutely. And, and this is the scary word. This is the yeah. adulting word, but it's, it's about taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, here's an example. And I, I like to, I definitely get personal with people and I, I do go deep, but yeah. you know, I, my, I had a parent who was a narcissist. So uh, when I had that realization as an adult, um, I had to go through all of the emotions. Um, you know, uh, of course there was so much I could blame this parent for, you know, I, I, and I spent a year, a full year blaming the parent for that, for all of these things that happened in my life. It was this realization, but I know now that I had to go through that time where I did have that blame and the blame, what I recognized it later as I needed I needed to give permission to myself to be angry about the parent that I didn't get, about the parent that I deserved that I didn't get, um, that the needs that I had growing up were not met. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, there was like all this blame and stuff, but it was like, I also had to kind of give myself that gift of being like, yeah, you should be angry. Yeah. And you, you should take that. And, and obviously you want to make sure that you're not hurting yourself or others with that anger. You've got to use that in a righteous way, mm-hmm. but it's like, 
you know, sometimes we don't even let ourselves, especially if we've been around narcissists, like we don't even let ourselves get angry. What? Because we're so used to taking the fall or, or protecting others because we know what they need, especially as a sensitive human being. And especially when you're a kid growing up with someone who sort of took advantage of that, when it should have been your needs that were met. This is again, I'm speaking personally. So it's like, sometimes we have to take that time to process if we're blaming, we can, we can absolutely observe ourselves in a blame game and say, okay, I like, all right, self, like, I understand why you're blaming and you have every right to be angry, upset, hurt, even to grieve the loss of, of a parent who really cared and deeply connected with you. Um, but once you're done processing that, then you really have to start taking that responsibility. Like, okay, I have to get into a place where I understand that this person did the best that they could and that it wasn't really within their wheelhouse to kind of be what I needed. But in a way, they gave me what I needed, which was to propel me into where I am now. So finding the appreciation for all of the negativity that comes with these relationships, understanding the propensity to want to blame and, and being like soft with yourself, even through that, you know, and, and just being like, okay, well, I can take responsibility in this situation. So then when I approached that parent, I kind of remembered that, okay, I'm my own parent now. Exactly. So there are boundaries that I will create and, and boundary creating is like another very interesting thing. It's like when you're creating boundaries, a lot of time, the best way to create up create boundaries is to fuck it up. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, explicit oh. language. Um, like, uh, oh, okay, good. Um, so it's like, you know, and I think of that as like, so you're like a jellyfish, like you, you understand where you end and something else begins, but you can still be flexible and transparent and, and all those things. But once someone sort of steps over that or steps on you, you really have to like sting people. Like you have to, you know, you have to, but, but you don't know that until you go into all those places and it's scary, you know? And then you're like, oh, okay, where did I not create a boundary with that particular experience? Why do I feel this way? It's this constant process of like unearthing and like excavating where those feelings are coming from and how you can really approach them in an honest and authentic and loving way for yourself. Like, okay, that's okay. Like, I understand that that's what you were feeling. Um, might not be the most productive feeling in the world, but let's go ahead and process it. And then let's find ways that moving forward, we can do a better job at creating our boundaries. Maybe there's some, some point where we had that red flag go up and we just didn't listen to it and kind of bulldozed ourselves. Exactly. Um, I love that you mentioned grieving because a lot of the healing process is, is the grieving process. You're yeah. grieving um, the loss of a childhood that you yeah. didn't get to have and that you never will have. You're grieving that things aren't going to look the way you thought that they would look. And like, you know, it's almost like letting go of the ideal and it's letting go of like the fantasy. Because a lot of times when people are um, have codependence or they're very, very um, empathetic, we create almost this fantasy relationship or fantasy bond that again is made to protect us and keep us safe. Yeah. So it's like grieving, letting go of the fantasy and letting go of not having the parent that you deserve to have. And especially with anger, you know, especially as people who are codependent, which I, you know, 
recovering, recovering. <laughs> Same. <laughs> a lot with the anger is because for so long we were silenced. You know, we were, our emotions, our wants and needs were muted. So mm-hmm. the idea of getting angry is so foreign to us because we never knew that we were allowed to be. Yep. No, it's so, it's such a foreign thing. We would be like ungrateful and yeah, God, we'd be yeah. such a bitch if we were so angry. Oh. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to oh, be a bitch. This is, I felt my, this is my favorite one. Oh, you're so selfish. You're oh, so God. selfish. Only <laughs> selfish people say those things, by the way. Exactly. Have you noticed that? <laughs> oh my God. You're so sensitive. You're just so sensitive. Oh, oh my God. Man, grew, hands- grew up on that one. <laughs> you're so sensitive. No, yeah. you're, you're just mean. And then. <laughs> yeah. No, you're just mean. And then when it comes to, to I love that. <laughs> Say, tell it like ca- catching a, an adult bully and being like, you're just mean. You're just mean. We'll, we'll shut them down into tears so quickly. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Because people like that are the most wounded people. Yeah, people. absolutely. Ugh, walking pain bodies. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. But I also love what you said about boundaries. And, and again, the reason why boundaries are so important is because you are communicating to other people what they are allowed to do, how they're allowed to treat you, how they're allowed to treat around you. And I think, or, or how they're, or how they're like to behave and act around you. And I also think most importantly, what they can expect from you. So it's really yeah. managing those expectations where it's like, you know, well, if you're going to, yell at me or you're going to be mean to me, then don't expect me to be your friend because that's a, that's a line for me. You have to be respectful. You know, if you're in a relationship, well, if you're not going to commit to me, then don't expect sex, you know, whatever it is, you know, at work. Okay. Well, if you expect me to work overtime, I expect to be paid for that. So it's just like in every area of your life, whether it's career, romance, friends, family, it's really communicating with people you know, how they're allowed to treat you, how they're allowed to act around you and what they can expect from you. And then Absolutely. if someone goes over that and expects too much or they go over your boundaries, then be strong enough to enforce that boundary. I know with me when, during my journey, um, I was like, oh, boundaries, I got this. <laughs> here, boundary there, boundary here, boundary here. But when it came to enforcing the boundary, I was sloppy. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I said that, but okay, fine. So I had to work on yeah. communicating the boundary and then taking the step to actually implement the boundary, not as a punishment, but as a consequence. Yeah. I'm not punishing you for for overstepping my boundaries, but overstepping my boundary comes with a consequence. And this is the consequence of doing that. You know, yeah. oh, you don't want to commit, but you want sex. You're still wanting sex. You're not going to get it. And we're not going to have that relationship. That's a consequence of you not respecting that boundary, you yeah. know, or, or whatever it is. Oh, you call yourself my friend. You're doing X, Y, and Z. That's really shady. As a consequence, we're not going to be friends. I'm not going to give you that level of, of intimacy to me, uh, yeah. or whatever it is, you know. And that access to me. Like, and you don't get my energy to make yourself feel better. You know, at work, you don't want to compensate me correctly. You don't want to give me this. Then I'm going to maybe look for another job. Or at 6 o'clock, I'm punching out, you know, whatever it is. Um, so in every, I don't know, I made those up. But whatever area you have in your life, first know what your boundaries are to yourself because sometimes we don't even know what our own boundaries are and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when you get in tune with yourself 
your your own divinity, your own intuition will let you know. And basically it's just what doesn't feel right and what doesn't feel right. Does it really feel good when your friend calls you all day long, dumping on you her problems and then doesn't have a second for you to talk about yourself? Is that, yeah. You know, and it's so funny because it's like, I like right away, I can feel this, like this thing. That's like, we all, especially as women in America, in this day and age, we're so taught to be considerate and you got to consider other people's feelings. It's like, no, you're only responsible for your own and your actions as well. And you, you're, you're careful with yourself. And hence, you'll be careful with other people, but, but we're so taught and formed and manipulated into this, this idea of making it easier for everyone else around us. And also it keeps them close, you know, but that we have to do cartwheels in order for people to, to stay close to us. And it's like, and then we get drained from it. And a hundred percent. And it's like, change that. Like, I, I love that you said that because with my own work, I really had to get clear with myself and that my own well-being was my first and best priority because for so long I was operating that I was last on the list you know and especially we say that about women we're always last on the list we put what does my spouse need what does my coworker need what does my boss need what does my friend need what does my what do my children need what does blah 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 there's this lie, there's this myth that we're supposed to be superhuman, super women who can do all things and be all things. Oh yeah, that's patriarchy. Patriarchy set that one up. Thanks guys. Exactly. Thanks guys. Cause yeah. that keeps us depleted, running around. And most importantly- it keeps us dependent. It keeps us dependent, but most importantly, it keeps us distracted. Yeah. You, are, you will never, ever step into the fullness of the power and potential that you have as a human being if you are not focused on your own well-being and making yourself a priority, it keeps us depleted and distracted so they can go get paid more by doing less. And they get soothed by us and comforted by us, by us be- and not doing it themselves. Not it's a parasitic relationship. Exactly. Yeah. They keep us distracted because as long as I'm focused on somebody else's needs, mine will never be met. Yeah. And once and, yeah. make that- Go ahead, sorry. No, no. This is fine. But once you make that decision to meet your own needs first, you become the most powered being. Yeah. That is true empowerment. And people really do respect that because when you run into someone who's got boundaries like that, you're like, oh shit. And you're like, oh yeah, sir. Yeah. Or (laughs) ma'am. But, you know, coming back to even the, the, the most sort of extreme version of this is, is being a mom. You know, and it's like, whether you're, you know, you're a mom to furry babies or regular babies, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, you're so used to the care and nurturing because this is a feminine quality. That's another thing. That would be another show, the feminine and masculine balance, but I'll have you back. We have to, (laughs) I would love to, but you know, it's like setting boundaries with your own kids. It's really challenging, especially when you're only waking up like mid motherhood and you're like, oh. I shouldn't be the only person caring for their emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to have to cut them off at one point yeah. or another. And and it, you and the world is like no, you're a horrible mother and you've got all this pressure in society telling you like you have to be that that perfect, you know, thing that everyone can suckle from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no. Totally. And I'm I'm yeah. 
I'm I'm not a mother to actual children or for babies. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> someone plant gifted, babies. <laughs> well, I was gonna say someone gifted me a, an orchid, and it's I don't I don't know if it's dead or not. I, I don't know, but <laughs> uh, that's, whole, that's another episode too. But, um, listening to that, um, yeah, again, like if I were a mother and, and it was with like, with my children, I would want to, I forgot where I heard this from or anyway, I would want to show them by example. So I would want to teach them. Like, like, I think when you said that you're not the only person who's uh, responsible for their emotional well-being, teaching through example, you're teaching them how they can be responsible for their own well-being. So then when they grow up, they're not looking f- to, a man to fulfill their needs or a woman to fulfill their needs or money or status or anything that's like external or ego-based to fulfill their needs because they have the foundation of, I can fulfill my own needs in a healthy way. I have the tools to do that. So I think, um, you know, it's a balance cycle and it's such a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, like my daughter, I'm like, I'm like, here, here's a journal. Here's another journal. (laughs) You know, like, let me, Like if I don't have time to sit and talk with her for like a long time, you know, like I'm like here, write everything down, you know, and she's been doing that since she was like six, like she's, she's been doing all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there are going to be times where I don't meet her needs, but we have to establish this communication between us so that like, you know, if I'm not meeting your needs, I want you to come and tell me. Exactly. Yeah. And that's with all relationships, you know, like every relationship that we have is there for our learning. It's there for our to, for us to really understand ourselves and understand one another. Mm -hmm. And yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. Because it's also like, think about like, uh, like family pathologies, you know, people say there's like generational curses or it's like, oh, it just runs in the family. But when you're conscious of those things, there's a reason why, you know, if you're dad was an alcoholic, you might be an alcoholic. If your mother was abused, you might be abused. If X, Y, and Z happened, you know, those are like the, the big, nasty, like negative things, but there's reasons why abuse runs in families, addiction yeah. runs in families, um, you know, emotional problems will run into families. You know, if your mother never spoke up, you might learn that you, you have to be silent because yeah. children really mirror their parents. They're looking at the parents to say like, who am I supposed to be? How, like, what are the things? So I think it's really great that you're so conscious about what you're passing on to your children. Yeah. A lot of times it gets passed from generation to generation to generation because there's no awareness. Yeah. And you, you're doing the healing. And also, even if you don't have kids, when you do this kind of healing, you're actually healing your ancestors. Exactly. Like and, I have so many ancestors hanging around. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I know you're just waiting for me to heal this one thing that comes yeah. from you. And so it's like, it's really important that, you know, that we're, we're doing that healing where that people understand you're actually doing this for so many beings, so many life forms you're doing all that healing for. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, I think the power of an awoken woman can like heal generations. Oh God. Yeah. Totally heal families. Like when you get that just awareness and consciousness and, you know, like this stops with me, you know, the women in our family being silent stops with me, you know, the men in our family being whatever stops with me. Like that conscious decision, you, you radically change not just your own life, but the lives of people around you and your family and your ancestors and also generations to come. You know, there's a reason why lineage exists 
that goes beyond just biology, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's pathology that happens within families. But when you consciously make that shift and you're like, not my childhood, <laughs> that is such yeah. a profound thing. Such yeah. a profound thing. Yeah. I know. Divine feminine is rising, baby. Like, this is why, like, yeah. this is why we're creators and destroyers. Like, look out, everybody. <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. Like, get ready, because we're going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. are here. I know. Oh, <sighs> well, this time has been so good. Do you want to share any um, last insights or any last uh, words with us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just been so great talking to you. I, I love your perspective on this and I, I, I really appreciate, you know, obviously the opportunity to be able to talk about it as well. Um, you know, I, my goal with working with any client is to just really help them connect that bridge to themselves. And so that they understand that this is all about them. Spirituality is personal. And anything that comes through me is really coming from them. Um, and it's just, I help them kind of translate it a little bit better if they're not able to see it for themselves. And people like me, we also go to psychics <laughs> because <laughs> we don't always, we can't always see our own shit. So so we all always, a lot of good psychics, we surround ourselves with other good psychics so that, you know, we can get checked. <laughs> so doctors but, go to um, doctors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's you know, your any everyone's spiritual journey is totally personal. Um, you know, no one needs to know about it, no one needs to approve it, just you. It just you have to go through your own healing. This is your life, and this is a really wonderful path towards taking that responsibility, finding your empowerment. And um, yeah, I mean, intuition really applies to every aspect of of life um and we've got to bring that back so i'm I, if anything i'm a warrior to bring that back into people's daily um daily practices and and daily sort of knowledge um there's so much that we've lost yes but we are reclaiming and and yes. reforming and so for everyone i will have links to where you can find jennifer white in the show notes but share with us now jennifer where can we find you and book you and connect with you Absolutely. So um, my website is jenniferway.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-W-A-I.com. And my Instagram handle is at the Jennifer Way. Um, and I also have a podcast called the Self-Consciousness Podcast. You can find it on the Anchor. It's, it's, po it's published on Anchor. It's on um, Apple. It's on Spotify. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel as well. Perfect. So yeah. thank you so much, Jennifer. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. So for everyone out there listening, be sure to find Jennifer, book her, follow her. Everything is linked in the show notes. And until next time, everyone be well. Don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And yeah, just be well. And thanks guys. <laughs>